COP28 summit in Dubai was due to end this morning, but an impasse over the wording used in the conference's final text is causing a pretty major delay. Director-General of uh, COP28, Ambassador Majid al-Suwadi, spoke earlier on the challenges facing delegates as they work towards that crucial final text. We're facing the most demanding COP agenda of all time, And what we are seeing right now is everybody working through that agenda. All COPs are challenging, but in this COP, we're trying to do something that has never been done before, something historic. We are trying to agree a comprehensive plan to close the gaps between where the world is and where it needs to be to keep 1.5 degrees within reach. That is our North Star. That has been our North Star all along. Part of this is to include language on fossil fuels in the text. If we can, that would be historic. Now, a row erupted after a draft of a potential climate deal at the COP28 summit was released on Monday. Now, it suggested a range of measures uh, that countries could take to slash greenhouse gas emissions, but crucially omitted the, uh, quote, phase-out of fossil fuels, which many nations have demanded. All 198 countries at the summit must agree on the final text, otherwise there will be no deal. Former US Vice President Al Gore says this year's summit is on the verge of complete failure. The fossil fuel industry has sought to control and manipulate uh, this process for a long time. They're way better at capturing politicians than capturing emissions. But they've gone too far, and I think that it, uh, it could possibly end up as a kind of blessing in disguise because it has awakened a lot of people to how absurd this situation is. The climate crisis is a fossil fuel crisis, and they try to pretend that they can separate fossil fuels from emissions from the fossil fuels and keep on burning them and catch the emissions on the way into the air is kind of ridiculous. Maybe one day in the future that might be possible, but it's nowhere uh, feasible. It's nowhere close to being feasible now. Now, as we've been hearing, the language around fossil fuels is one of those key sticking points at COP, but it's not only countries with economies heavily dependent on the extraction and export of oil or natural gas that are resisting pressure to include a commitment to phasing them out completely. Ruth Nankabir-Wa-Sentamu is Uganda's Minister of Energy and Mineral Development, and she explains why Uganda was not yet supporting a phase-out of fossil fuels. Where Uganda is standing right now, we have started drilling of our oil, and for somebody to come up with a statement telling us to phase it out, that would mean we are going to remain stranded with these projects. We've invested money. We have high hopes in the money from these developments. We are targeting that money to implement the energy transition plan. So phasing out is completely out. Developed countries must be at the forefront of phasing out first. The cost is very, very grave. First of all, the jobs that have come along with the development of fossil fuel, the expectations from the people. We've already resettled people. To tell me to stop where I am as Uganda will be adding insults to an injured person. Well, for more on the ongoing discussions taking place tonight in Dubai time, uh, we're joined again by The Guardian reporter Patrick Greenfield. Uh, Good morning, Patrick. It's not unusual for the deadline to be missed, but how critical is this becoming now? 
Good morning, everyone. Yes, I'm uh, here in Dubai. I've been on site uh, at COP28 for 14 hours and, and counting. Uh, I'm, I'm still here and we're still waiting for uh, a text. Uh, as your listeners may remember, yesterday there was a wording on fossil fuels in the global stock take, which sets our, our course of action on uh, nationally determined contributions and, and the world's plan on climate change um, for, for, for the foreseeable future. They've got a very negative reaction from several countries. Uh, countries and we expected a new text today this morning and then it became lunchtime and it became early afternoon and it's past 10 o'clock here now and we've not still not seen anything and we've been told to expect something tomorrow morning maybe may, may quite early let's see but the tension's re really building now right in the introduction you you heard uh, the uae talk about how this is going to be historic uh, they, they've really built this up there they're here to keep 1.5 degrees alive and they need to do that with the final text. And it really, it comes down to their diplomatic skills, their ability to bring every single country in the uh, world with them to, to the best of their abilities. And we still don't know if they can do that. So is there a real risk here of no deal? And what would be the consequences of that? Gosh, I, I, I wouldn't go that far yet. I mean... There is the spectre of, of Copenhagen, uh, COP15, um, uh, well, that was over a decade ago now, I, I, I think, where that, um, that nearly happened, right? But uh, I, I think the feeling here at the moment is that we will get a document that does have stronger language on fossil fuels, um, and we'll just have to see whether that's good enough for Pacific Island states, for example, who absolutely have to have language that's strong enough, 1.5 degrees, because this is life and death. You hear the Marshall Islands here and others saying, we're not going to sign our own death warrants. And yes, this is a political text, but it's going to have a scientific um, backing to it. And if, it, if it's not good enough, if it's not something that means that their, their country is, is going to stay above water, then why should you expect states in the situations that the Marshall Islands are in to, to, to sign on? Equally, if uh, like, like the Uganda minister was talking about, uh, if you're a developing country that relies on fossil fuels and you're being told, no, you can't do that anymore and you're not being given a financial alternative and you're having what could be a financial crisis kind of thrown in your face as a result of this agreement, that's a problem too. That needs sorting. It's not just about the fossil fuels for many developing countries here. It's about the adaptation, access to finance. Countries here want to change their economies often, but can't do it because they don't have the same access to capital as the New Zealand, UK, the US. And, and that's something that's, that's really kind of being discussed in negotiating halls here in Dubai too. Mm. Just the justice element in terms of those developing v, uh, developed countries uh, is interesting. Is there going to be some sort of financial commitments in this deal that will help the likes or encourage the likes of Uganda to, to not go down the fossil fuel road? Gosh, well, that's really something that remains to be seen. I think that uh, lots of developing countries are kind of quite angry about how weak the, the text has been so far on, on that exact issue. It's pretty wishy-washy. There's not really much to say on it, right? Um, and I, I think maybe there's some overconfidence, sorry, overconfidence here from, from the UAE. They have led this process in, in a very slick, flash way. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful site. They've, they've promised history um, and they've, they've promised an, an ambitious agreement. And, and I, they, they started this COP with, um, you'll remember, the creation of uh, the Loss and Damage Fund, which was a big ask for developing countries. 
uh, and has, has been for, for nearly three decades. And, and we finally got around to setting it up, signing it off and, and filling it with money for the countries that are going to be worst impacted by climate change. But it's not enough, right? That did clear the agenda for strong discussions on, on fossil fuels and other topics. But we do need the, the adaptation money. We do need money for mitigation. We do need carbon markets to be sorted. There's so much stuff going on here. It's not just about um, the, the, the global stock take. And, and countries are looking at the whole package, I think, especially those whose, whose economies uh, are particularly reliant on fossil fuels and are being asked to transform uh, the basis of their prosperity. All right. Hey, thank you very much for that update. Uh, excellent stuff there. That is uh, Patrick Greenfield, who is the Guardian reporter covering uh, the COP28 in Dubai. It's going to be a long, it's been a long day and a long night, and it's going to continue 